all the time. God is good. In um, in starting with with today's uh, today's message, you may have heard the phrase that we don't know what tomorrow holds. You may have heard that expression. We don't know what tomorrow holds. But we do know without a shadow of a doubt who holds tomorrow. Okay, we may not know what tomorrow holds, but we know who holds tomorrow. No matter what you read in the headlines, no matter what you see on the nightly news, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in the lives of those around you, family, loved ones, friends, the job, whatever's going on, you must want, I repeat, you must want to live out the truth that God is still in control. You must want to live out the truth and not with understanding that God is indeed in, in control. That God has a plan, is working out his plan in the midst of whatever is happening in today's world. He's in the midst of the plan and whatever is happening in your, in your life. And he is in control of what's coming tomorrow. Such faith in God does more than calm your fears. This kind of faith does more than calm your fears. It helps us to focus on the mission that God has given us as his children. And as representatives in this world today, after all, how we view tomorrow affects how we live today. I'm going to repeat that. How we view tomorrow affects how we live today. How we view tomorrow affects how we live today. In other words, we don't have to be dragged into tomorrow, kicking and screaming, worrying about what tomorrow is going to bring. If we trust that God holds tomorrow in his hand. We can better manage today what is happening in our lives. If we realize that God has control of what is going to happen tomorrow, we can more effectively manage today what is happening in our lives and the challenges that we may have, no matter what they are, no matter who they are, no matter where those challenges are coming from, what the agenda or the plan might be, or whatever that person or those people believe. God is in control. It's time we turn our attention to something more powerful than our fears of tomorrow. We sit back and we think about, gee whiz, tomorrow's going to be such a bad day and you're focusing on whatever tomorrow may be bringing, whatever's on the agenda or calendar of your life. But we've got to remember, remember that there's something more powerful. We need a perspective or an understanding that is greater than any anxiety that we may face. We've got to develop in our minds a a way of looking at life that is much greater than what tomorrow may be bringing, whatever that fearsome thing is in your mind for tomorrow. The good news for us is that there is something more powerful than the worst fears that linger in our heads. The fear of tomorrow is in your head, folks. It's in your head. It's not in your spirit. It's right there lying between your ears where you, where you, you cogitate on it, where you meditate on fearing about tomorrow. And actually, let me say that more differently, say that differently. There is someone, not something, there is someone greater than our worst fears. There's someone greater than the worst possible fear that you could have about tomorrow or anything that's in your future. And that someone deserves the priority in our thinking and in our lives. That someone needs to be first and foremost in our thoughts and in our lives. God has tomorrow under control. I'll say this again. God has tomorrow under control. And this may be very timely for some of you because tomorrow is always Monday. And many times the first day of the week holds some things that may be having us anxious about something to come. But you have to remember, though, that God is in, con- is in control of tomorrow. And how you think about tomorrow will manage how you manage today or how you think about today. 
God is tomorrow under control because he's the wisest and the most capable being in all of existence. He is fully loving, gracious, and merciful. And he is personally involved in the lives of his children. Many times we forget that when we're thinking about the anxious things in our lives, when we think about the things that are coming up or the things that we're praying for and they're kind of looming on the horizon, we forget that God is very much involved in your life. You may not see him. You may not hear him rustling in the room. You may not hear him at nighttime when you're laying there in bed worrying and thinking about tomorrow. But he is there. He is there. And he's very, very concerned about your life and your future. God's unequaled power has important impact not only for our lives, but also for those that are around us or who touch our lives. You'd be surprised how we have some influence and impact on those that are around us. The same way those that are around you have impact and influence on your life. Those that are around you that are constantly giving you input, giving you feedback into your life, telling you what you should or should not do, can wind up having impact on your life. Amen? We have to remember that God has unequaled power and has an impact on our lives. Let's see what the word of God says. Let's go to Psalms. Psalms 27, one of my favorites. Psalm 27. It's one of, one of my favorites and one that uh, um, I've always had kind of bookmarked in my Bible because I turn to it from time to time, and I still do turn to it from time to time. Verse number one. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? So right there, if you remember that the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? If God is your light and and Jesus Christ is your Savior, then there is no one, absolutely absolutely no one or no circumstance that you should fear. Not beyond beyond the shadow of a doubt. Of doubt. Of whom shall I be afraid? Verse 2. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my, house, of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. So just going back up for a minute there to verse 2, when the wicked, even mine enemies, my foes, came upon me to eat my flesh, they stumbled and fell, and though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Many times the things of tomorrow or the things going on in your life that are, that are bringing anxiety upon you could be involving other people, could be involving other circumstances. I remember there were many times over my young career of uh, uh, coming up in management and things, and if I was called up to the boss's uh, office and whatnot, it's like, oh, gee whiz, oh, gosh, what now? What is he calling me in there for? All right. But who are you to fear? Because I know God was walking in that door with me. Well, the same thing applies to you even now. I mean, if you're not in a situation where you could have a boss that's calling up on the carpet, but maybe there are circumstances, maybe there are things that feel like they're working against you, and those things are your enemies in essence. You have the the enemy himself, the devil himself that is out there plotting against you. But it says, though, that the Lord is your strength. Okay, that even even the wicked, even my enemies that came, came against me to eat my flesh stumbled and fell. You know the scripture that says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. 
So when you're thinking about tomorrow and if there are circumstances or people, humans that are standing in the way or could be worrisome or troublesome to you succeeding in whatever you're trying to do, remember that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. If that person is plotting against you, if that person, for whatever reason, does not want to see you achieve or get to where it is that you're praying about, remember that those prayers against you, those wishes against you, those weapons are not going to prosper. They're not going to work out. Okay? Okay? I've seen many, many times when people are coming against Christians that the things wind up getting reversed and they wind up being put in a difficult situation and the Christian winds up moving and moving on to victory. So you have to remember that. Okay, no, no enemy camped against you shall indeed, uh, indeed win out. Verse 3 again, though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Please underline the word dwell. Okay, now we've been there before too. Dwelling means for you to live there. It does not mean for you just to occasionally visit God doesn't mean for you to run to God every time there's a problem in your life or whenever there's a problem, but you live with God. God is constantly in your thoughts. You know, if you're living at home with your parents and whatnot, if you're living with your husband and your wife, you see that person every single day. You see them every single day. You're talking to them. You're communing with them. You're having, you're having interaction with them. But many times we with God, even us, us, us Christians here, we just tend to visit God. We, we visit God when we need something. We visit God when we're praying for a job. We visit God when we're praying for a promotion. We visit God when we're looking for a house. We visit God. We visit God when we're looking for a new car. We visit God. We visit God. We visit God. But then after we get that job, after we get that house, after we get that car, then how quickly we seem to forget. We stop praying. We stop seeking his face. We stop blessing him and thanking him for just waking up every day. But you have to dwell with him, okay? And the scripture says, one thing have I desired of Lord that I, that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. That's all the days. Not just on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, Thanksgiving. It's all the days of my life. Behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Underline that, please, if you don't already have it underlined. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Okay? Now, hiding me, um, hiding me in his pavilion, the secret place of his tabernacle. Hiding you some places mean that you are unknown to someone else where it is unknown to someone else where you are. God has you in protection. He's keeping you safe. And who else would that might be that might be looking for you? It's the enemy himself that would be, be, be going around this earth, you know, seeking out who he can destroy. But God will hide you and God will protect you. If the enemy can't find you, then there's no way that he can raise his ugly head and come against you. Verse number seven says, uh, um, oh, I'm sorry, it's verse no, number six. And now shall my head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. You know, we talk about tithing and offering, giving to God. You know what Malachi 3.10 says about tithing? If you're not tithing, you're not giving to God, you're going to be cursed. You wind up not achieving things. You wind up having just a rough time in life. You've got to be giving to God. And in old days, you know, that was called sacrifices. Well, guess what? Therefore, I will offer in this tabernacle sacrifices of joy. The time where you really need to sacrifice or give joy to God is when you least feel like doing it. That's sacrificial joy. I've actually heard a Christian actually say one time, what should I be so joyful and thankful for? 
I've heard that actually coming from Christians when, when they're down and out. Are you kidding me? What should you be thankful for? The fact that you're standing here able to breathe and tell me that you should be thankful for that. The fact that your heart didn't stop beating while you were uttering out that nonsense. You should be thankful for that. You ever think of that? Okay. So the time for you to give joy to God is to give it sacrificially. And that is when you really don't feel like giving it. Okay. You really don't feel like giving it. Because guess what? Let me have you know if you don't already know this. The devil would love to stop your joy. He would love to stop you from, from, from praising God. He would love to, to just shut your mouth so that you don't praise God. Why? It's because the enemy does not like to hear praises to God coming from your lips. The enemy cannot stand to be around praising God. So the time that you need to praise God the most is when you're feeling down, when you're worried about tomorrow, when you're worried about whatever it is might be on your plate. Put on some praise music. You've got a Walkman. Walkman. See how dated, how old I am. Right, right. You've got a digital MP3 player or whatever it is. You know, iPhone or what's that the other thing? Little Anyway, the Apple devices. You've got some Samsung tablet or whatever. Um, put on some music. Put on some praise music. Put the earphones in your ear. The time that you don't feel like doing it. The time when you're dragging the most, that's the time to plug into God. And just lift your hands. And that's why he puts it to dig a big deal over when we do praise and worship here. To lift your hands and just praise God. You'd be how much joy. You'd be surprised in lifting your hands and praising God how much release that can give you. Because it is a physical act of by your will, I'm just going to raise my hand and surrender to God and say, Lord God, I praise you. I love you. I adore you. I magnify you, Lord God. Come into my life. Take control. Take control. Take control. That's called sacrificial praise, all right? The time when you don't feel like doing it. You see, you see, the devil knows that you don't feel like doing it. So what will he have you do? He'll have you not praise, and he'll just keep on lumping on you. Tomorrow's Monday. Tomorrow morning, you know what you got to do? You know what that bill's going to be due in a couple of days? You know what tomorrow's at? Tomorrow, you know? And he keeps lumping, lumping it on you, lumping it on you, you see? You see? But unlike computers, and even computers are limited to some degree, we can't do two things at one time, not really, really with any focus. You heard the expression, walk and chew gum. Well, the deeper, the more important things the mind really cannot do at two times at the same time. All right. So if you're praising God, guess what? Your mind is not going to have time focusing on that nasty tomorrow that you're worrying about. All right. And the devil knows that. So he'll stop you from praising God and give your full attention to the problem. Give your full attention to, to tomorrow. Okay, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Verse 7, hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, have mercy also upon me and answer me. When thou says, seek my face, my heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. Do you ever say to God, Lord, I seek your face? Verse number 9, hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. When my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Underline all of verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. So if you know that there's an enemy out there, quote unquote, if you know there's something that is working against you, then you're praying to God, Lord, lead my path. God knows where the enemy is. God knows what plan there are, there are out there going against you. So he's saying to God, God, lead me around that. Take me in the direction that you want me to go because you know where the mines are. You know, you've seen in these army movies and you've seen a minefield out there. You know how the mines, the mines are out there in the field and you don't know where they are. And the poor guys go out there stepping around and one missteps and boom, gets blown up. Well, God knows where the minefields are in your life. 
So you need to ask God, God, lead me. Monday morning is coming. Tuesday morning is coming. I've got this issue. I've got this thing. Lord, what am I going to do tomorrow? But instead of you worrying about tomorrow, if you give it to God and let him manage it, then that means that frees you up to do something else today. If you're so worried about tomorrow, you cannot plan and think through what it is that you need to actually do today. So the day that you are in, the present time becomes so messed up that you can't focus. And then it winds up manifesting itself in your body in the terms in terms of depression, in the terms of an upset stomach, palpitations in your chest or whatever way that it may manifest itself. So you've got to simply give it to God and ask him, Lord God, God set me in a lead me in a plain path because of mine enemies. Verse number 12, deliver me not over unto the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. Please underline that for false witnesses are risen up against me. You ever have something to do, something that was pending and someone else is involved and then you're thinking to yourself, oh, gee, what is so and so going to say about me? Oh, boy, so and so is going to be there and he's going to say this and she's going to say that. Oh, boy, what kind of false witnesses, what kind of lies are they going to be telling against me? Deliver me not over until the will of mine enemies for false witnesses are risen up against me and such as breathe out cruelty. I was in a situation one time, and I won't get into a whole lot of detail, but uh, um, it was uh, be- before uh, some, there were some issues, and someone w- was testifying and when, as, as an employer, and someone got up on, on the, the witness stand there and started talking, and I had prayed a similar prayer to what we've just read here, and that employee got up there and totally was befuddled, Got up there, the judge caught him in so many lies, I didn't have to do a thing but just sit there. Of course, everything was found in my favor, thank God. But the point I'm making is I didn't have to do a thing. I simply prayed, and the devil tripped him up. So that every single thing that was coming out of his, his mouth what was seen to be a lie. Total confusion. Total, total, total confusion. Okay? So God can indeed step in there. God can step in and confound your enemy so that they don't even know what they're saying. They don't even know which way it should go. But you've got to be able to just simply give it to God and ask him, you know, to lead you down that path. Deliver me not over uh, unto the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he will strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Underline or highlight all of verse, verse 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. One small, one small negative, fearful thought can expand and multiply and grow out of proportion. I'll say that again. One small, negative, fearful thought can just expand and grow and multiply out of proportion. I remember one time we were sitting out on the, on the terrace and I had a drink. It was a Coke or something like that. And I was kind of nodding in the sunlight and so forth. One of my sons came by and dropped a pretzel in my glass. First it was a rock and then dropped, dropped a pretzel. And some time went by and I looked at that glass and that pretzel, which was so big, just swole up, swole up, swole up till it was huge. Remember that, Ian? I won't say who did it. <laughs> all right. And that pretzel swole up and swole up. OK. Until it was all puffy and rather nasty. 
Now it's sat there for a while, okay? Okay? But that one little skinny pretzel, okay, go to show you never sleep around kids. That one little pretzel, though, that was so slim, just swole up. Well, the same thing can be with our problems. In the same way, that is what can happen if you harbor a fear. The fearful thought can be overwhelming and intimidating. Those thoughts can just dominate your thoughts and increase, compound and build up over time. And fear can make those things look bigger and bigger. So one little thing that starts out as being just a mediocre, you know, things that's not so just a big deal. You let it ponder, you let it sit, you let it marinate, so to speak, and you start dwelling on it. Then that thought starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So here you are today thinking about tomorrow. And tomorrow is that little pretzel. But yes, well, today you sit there thinking about it and that thing is just swelling up and growing and growing and growing. So why would you be worrying about so much tomorrow, worrying about tomorrow so much that today you're watching this thing grow and tomorrow's not even here? You see, but that's what we do. That's what we do. And we do this as Christians, forgetting who we are in Christ Jesus. How much time are you wasting thinking about things that are not really, really important? How much time do you spend wasting on thinking about things that are not really important? If we spend our days upset and stressed out, letting everything affect us, then we won't have time to focus on what's really important and won't be able to enjoy life's beautiful blessings that God has given us. Because we're spending so much time focusing on the negative things. Could it be that you are carrying burdens around that God did not even intend you to bear? Think about that. Are you carrying a burden? Are you worrying about something that God did not even intend you to, to be worrying about, to be caring about? You know, you're worrying about the neighbor next door. You're worrying about the kid down the block. You know, you know, you're worrying about someone that's throwing garbage on your lawn. You're worrying about that person who walks that dog and that dog always goes on your lawn. All right. Maybe God doesn't want you to even carry that. And these are all of life's very real issues of life. Some people would say, oh, I'll just poo-poo that. But my grass, my grass, my grass. I don't want to step in it. Yeah, true. But are you spending your whole week worrying about that? Are you dwelling on that? Okay? Now, that's kind of a far-flung, kind of a silly example. But you think about something that is going on in your life right now that maybe doesn't deserve the level of burden that you're giving it. Maybe God doesn't want you to carry that, you know? Why are you walking someone else's dog? Amen? Why are you taking out someone else's garbage? Okay? And that's as many times that's what we wind up doing, because that's not my responsibility. Why, should, why am I worried about it? Oh, well, pastor, that's my life. Well, guess what? who's in control of your life? God's in control of your life. You don't have to worry about that. Yeah, that person whose dog is constantly going on your grass, guess what? Instead of you running out there with a shotgun or, or a machete after him and whatnot to chase him off the grass, why don't you pray him away? Yeah, why don't you pray him away? You do that, then who winds up getting the short end of the stick? You, because you're the one that's in jail. And the guys there in jail ask you, what are you doing here? Thinking that you're some big criminal. Oh, I shot this guy for walking his dog on my grass. They laugh you out of existence, then you're in trouble in jail, too, and it gets worse and worse. And it gets worse and worse. Oh, see that guy? You know why he's here? Oh, did he rob a bank? No, man, he killed a guy for walking his dog. Anyway, so the point that I'm making here is that the things that we just blow out of proportion here, maybe God does not even want you spending time, wasting time worrying about that, you know? 
Today, I'm saying to you, today, break away from the fear and what's holding you back. Release the weight of it. Saying that you today, this is your time. Today, make a decision. Today is your day to be set free. Stop carrying the things that God does not want you to be, to be carrying. Stop worrying about tomorrow, today. How can you enjoy today if tomorrow is, is filling up your mind? Today, one of your kids may need some real spiritual uh, blessing or some real spiritual advice. Today, someone in your family. Today, a loved one. Today, someone next door to you. Today, 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 someone may need to hear something godly from you. Holy Spirit may put you in a position where you can minister to someone else today. But how can you do that? How can you be effective for God if you are in tomorrow? If you're worrying about tomorrow. Your kid comes up to you with a spiritual problem and whatnot. You're so worried about tomorrow and you say, I'll go talk to your mother. Or go talk to your uncle. Or go do this or go do that. Go talk to your father. Go talk to this. Someone next door happens to pop by over you with something that is in that person's life and Holy Spirit puts something on your spirit to say to that individual. But you can't even hear it. You can't hear Holy Spirit because you are so focused on tomorrow. And you'd be, you'd be surprised how many todays we mess up and don't realize it. Because all of a sudden tomorrow is here. Tomorrow is here and all of a sudden you're in the beginnings of tomorrow and now you're really focusing on what tomorrow is supposed to be bringing. You're really focusing on that. And then someone just happens to ask you a question. Oh, what did you do yesterday? You don't even remember what you did yesterday. Because yesterday, which was today, yesterday was consumed with you worrying about tomorrow. And did you change one for one iota what tomorrow is going to bring by your worrying? You went to bed at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, or whatever it was, or 7 o'clock, whatever gets you to bed early, amen? And the sun was going down, and you're worrying about this tomorrow thing, and all of a sudden, you're, you're finally asleep. Maybe you're up two or three times during the night thinking about tomorrow, then all of a sudden, boom, tomorrow's here. What did you do with, take, with today, with yesterday? You worried your way through it. God tells us how to be in peace. Today is your day. This is your time. It's your day to be set free. God is the one that tells us how to be in peace. Isaiah 26, 3 says, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Isaiah 26, 3, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in, me, in thee. Thus, do not measure problems according to your own abilities. Instead, in, 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 instead, hand your situations that you cannot manage, hand yourself over to God and he will do the rest. What is in Isaiah again, thou will give him perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. So when you start thinking about tomorrow and these issues that are bothering you, you need to shift that thinking over onto God. And I say to you again, you know, unlike computers, we, we, we really cannot with any level of detail do two things at one time or think on two things at one time. Or dwell on two things in our minds at one time. You know, again, we make the joke about walking and chewing gum. Yeah, we can, we can multitask to a degree. But when it comes down to really, really honing and fine-tuning what we're thinking about, you cannot do both. Either you're going to dwell on your problem, think on that, you're going to dwell on tomorrow, or you're going to put it over and give it to God. And let your thoughts and, and, let your thoughts and energies be, be uh, taken there. As you've heard me say before, when you wake up each morning, I've said this so many times, keep God foremost in your mind. 
pause to pray and praise him. I think it was last week I said the thing that most people do is when they wake up is how quickly can I get to the coffee pot? You know, how to turn that on to get that thing. Oh, well, think about what gee whiz. You know, praise God. If you must think about coffee, praise God for having coffee. Praise God you remember to go to the store to buy a fresh bag or box or whatever it is that coffee comes in these days. You know, but think about God. Praise Him. Praise Him in the morning. And then during the day, ponder upon God's presence. And know that He is with you wherever you go and that He is in charge of your day. See, the challenging thing for most Christians is that because of the fact that we don't literally see God as a being in front of us 24-7, we have a hard time imagining and believing that God is with us. You see? But then again, isn't that what faith is all about? Isn't that what faith is all about? Okay? All right? So, so, so you, 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 you've got to have the faith knowing that God is there. And then... The interesting, fascinating, wondrous thing about God is that the more you demonstrate faith for knowing that God is there, and the more you really, really, really believe that God is there, guess what the wonderful thing is? God will make his presence known to you. Mark my words when I say that. God will make his presence known to you. In the quiet time of your prayer, If you're able to pull away, and I hope you are able to pull away to spend some quiet time with God. In the quiet time of your prayer, you will feel God. You'll hear God as audibly as you hear my voice. You'll know and you'll feel his presence. God will make it known that he's there. And it's an awesome experience. It isn't one that happens every single time I pray. It isn't one that happens every single day. But I know for a fact that God is there because he's evidenced his presence. Very, 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 very real. Very substantive to me. But it's because of the fact that I started out with having faith in knowing that God is there. And I'm no different than anyone sitting in this sanctuary. God will do the same thing in your life. But you've got to believe that he's there. And if you believe that God is there in the reality of God, then all of a sudden the tomorrow does not become such a threat to you. And therefore, because tomorrow is not a threat to you, whatever tomorrow may hold, because tomorrow is not a threat to you, guess what? You'll be better managed, you'll be better able to manage today. You'll be better able to, to, to manage whatever God is throwing your way, whatever God, whoever God I met must say, might say, is bringing your way. Maybe there's a need for you to minister to someone. You're in no shape to minister to anyone if all you're doing is focusing on tomorrow. Maybe God is something, something he wants to plant in your heart today. Maybe there's something God wants you to witness. Maybe there's something God wants you to see today. But if you're so busy worrying about tomorrow, you can't focus on today. You can't hear him today. God may be saying to you as you're sitting in this chair, when you get out of this service, I want you to stop by Walmart. Yes, so your mind is focusing on tomorrow. You're so focused on tomorrow, you might not be hearing the words of this sermon. You might not be focusing on what God is saying to you today, this moment, through the words of the sermon, because you're so worried about today. God may be saying that the scriptures that we just read is applying exactly to your situation. And when you leave it today, I want you to stop by Walmart. I want you to go by to the garden center there. I want you to walk down aisle three of the garden center. And when you go down aisle three of the garden center, someone will run across your path that God just happens to conveniently have there. And that person may give you a word, may say something to you that will trigger to you confirmation of something that Holy Spirit told you. But you're so busy worrying about tomorrow 
that you can't hear God telling you what to do today. You're so busy worried about tomorrow, you can't even manage today or hear what Holy Spirit may have for you. I think I mentioned that some of you are probably here in, in, in service, and if, if our uh, sister and brother Ford are listening by uh, uh, podcast and whatnot, many, many years ago, my wife and I had, um, had us go by the so-called Target. I almost said Bashy Target's here, too. And uh, um, long story short, but just coincidentally bumped into someone in the aisle there, and uh, um, she was in the other aisle with my wife, and I heard her saying, is Pastor Cobb here, by the way? And she said, yeah, Mike's in the other aisle. And she said, oh, I got to see him, I got to see him. We went around and we talked. Long story short, we wound up praying for her. She had some major issues going on. Prayed for her right there in the store. Came to service the following week, prayed on her again. She was walking on crutches. She threw those crutches away. Threw them away. She was so healed, she went back to California to visit her, her family in a re- reunion, family reunion. Months had gone by, and she went to visit them. And she later on told us that she was sitting at the table outside on the patio, eating and talking to someone next door, and uh, her name came up. And she said, yeah, I'm here. And she looked at her again. Mary? It's not her name. Mary? She said, yeah, it's me. She is so filled out. Her face is so filled out. She had put back on weight. She was looking so prosperous. Her own relative didn't even recognize her. Okay, total miracle. But I'm saying this to you, that if we had chosen not to not to listen to what God was telling us to do, then that whole chain of events wouldn't happen. So don't be so busy worrying about tomorrow that you cannot hear what God is wanting you to do today, because today may set you free. Today can set you free. You just have to make up your mind how it is that you want to manage your life, how you want to direct your energies. Do you want to focus on the small things in life or do you want to follow what God is telling you do, to do? The other thing here is, is, is that there, um, don't let your imagination run wild or allow negative image to play like an old movie in your mind. And we all have that. All of us have a past. Don't let those old images just pop up in your mind and just wreak havoc and bring you back to whatever it is that you were doing. Because those things will also grow out of proportion. If something happens that causes you to worry, refuse to give in to it. As simple as that, just refuse to give in to it. If someone said to you, ran up to you in the street there next to Chase Manhattan Bank and said, come on, let's go in and rob it. Would you have to stop and think about it? See a whole lot of you shaking no. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, shaking, no, you don't have to think about it. You turn it down. Amen. I mean, you have to think about someone trying to pull you to do something sinful against the word of God. So why do we dwell on on other things and let let those thoughts just sit in our minds? If something happens that causes you to worry, refuse to give in to it. Build instead. Build your faith by replacing your fears by verbally reciting God's truths. Replace those things by verbally reciting God's truth. God told Isaiah, again, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Isaiah 40, 30, 31. Amen, amen. So when those thoughts, as a matter of fact, why don't we just go there? Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah 40. This way you could actually mark it in your mark it in your Bible there. Forty thirty one. Yep. 
31. Uh, well, 31 is the, is the other scripture. I jumped ahead of myself. But since you're at 31, you might as well read that too. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. All right? So even underlining, underlining that, when they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So if there's something that is indeed that's troubling you, you should be waiting upon the Lord and renew so that he can renew your strength. Amen. Don't be worrying about tomorrow. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Let God take care of it. David had also wrote, we read in Psalm 21, the Lord is my light and my deliverer or my salvation. Whom shall I fear? When that thought is coming into your mind, recite that scripture back to yourself. Instead of dwelling on the thought so it can just grow and grow and swell up in your mind, dwell on that particular thought. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Even Jonah, when he was in the belly of the great fish, as the word says, he focused on God and he uttered, when I had lost all hope, I turned my thoughts once more to the Lord. So when you've got that prospect of tomorrow coming up, instead of you dwelling on that tomorrow, think about what Jonah just said when he had lost all hope. You see, and the thing about it, when you're thinking about tomorrow today, it seems like tomorrow is hopeless. If you're dwelling on it that much, then obviously you don't have a solution to it. If you could solve your problems, wouldn't you? If you had the ability to actually solve whatever that big problem is, wouldn't you just simply solve it? Well, you don't, obviously, because you still got that problem. So why not, instead of dwelling on it today, don't worry about that thing that's happening tomorrow. Simply give it to God and know that God is with you, that God is indeed in control. You know, we've got all of this stuff going on politically in this country. And I'm not going to going to wax wax real political. But all I'm just saying, though, is that the word of God says to pray for your leaders. That means to pray for whomever it is that is leading you. Amen. And you've got to also know that God is in charge. God is in control. Whoever is in a leadership position, believe you me, God permitted that person to be there for whatever God's reasons are. God permitted that person to be there. And we as Christians, our responsibility is not to rail against that, okay, but it is to pray for that person like the word of God says. God is in control. I don't care how bad things may appear to be, God is in control, all right? All of a sudden, there's a big issue with the drinking water here in Salem and whatnot. God's in control of that, too. God, for the life of me, I don't understand. I mean, you know, algae's been around forever. Native Americans lived here. They didn't have the plants that we have, the, the pollution control plants that we have today, the water purification plants. You didn't see the Native Americans go extinct because of algae. Amen? Amen. I don't understand it, but God is in control. Somebody's not doing what they're supposed to be doing, my personal opinion. But God is in control of that, too. The same way God tells you to pray over your food, guess what? Pray over your water. Pray over that water. Because I tell you something, to be honest with you, you want to start worrying about tomorrow? Do you ever know what's really in the drinking water? Oh, they chose to come out and tell us this time around, but how long did that really exist? People speculate. I mean, well, they said it was going on for 10, 10 days or so before they finally announced it. But what I'm, saying, what I'm saying to you is that there's a myriad of small things you could be worrying about. But God is in control. Amen? Amen? So if God puts you on this planet to carry out his plan, if God puts you on this earth to do something for God, and all of us as children in God have a mission in life, all of us have a ministry, quote unquote, in life. Maybe not all are called to preach, but God has a, has a reason for your existence. 
So if God has a reason and a plan for your life, if there's something that God is wanting you to do, if, something, if there's something God is, is carrying you and grooming you towards and shaping you towards, if God has a mission in your life and a plan for your life, do you think God is going to let that come to, come to halt because of a stupid algae? Amen. It'll take a whole lot more than that, but you've got to realize that you have a purpose in this life. And the more Satan can keep you off of that purpose, the more the devil can keep your mind focused on the negative things, the longer he'll do that because that's slowing you down. It's slowing you down worrying about tomorrow with this negative thing so that you cannot hear God today. And today could be a breakthrough day for you. Today, today could be a breakthrough for you just by hearing these words. So don't worry about tomorrow. Think about, I mean, don't worry about tomorrow. Let God handle it. Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. Paul wrote, if God is for us, who can be against us? Think about that. If God is for us, that's in Romans, Romans 8. If God is for us, then who can be against you? God has control of everything. Cast your cares upon God, for he will intervene. He will step in. He will meet your needs and bring all things together for your highest good. It's only a matter of time before circumstances turn around, I say to you. It's only a matter of time. Whatever it is that you have out there that you're wrestling with, that you're struggling with, it's just a matter of time before it turns around. God will sometime, you know, permit us to go to certain lengths just to see how much we trust him. Just to see how quickly we may fold. Just to see how quickly or if at all we're going to lose faith. God's in charge of your life. It is not God's will to see you suffering. It's not God's will to, to see you want. It's not God's will to see you sickly and, and, and just totally miserable. It's not his will at all. Not his will. If there's not joy in your life, if there's something that's, that's, that's missing, then you need to run to God and seek his face and find out, Lord, where am I missing it? And stop dwelling on it. Okay? There are several things that can, that, that can kind of hinder us. Hinder us from, from getting to where God wants us to be. One is anxiety. We sometimes feel overwhelmed by daily fears and anxieties. But, but, but we can be challenged without being overwhelmed. It's okay for you to have a challenge in life. It's not okay for you to be overwhelmed. We all have challenges in life. In, in life. God knows that. But it is not God's purpose for us to be overwhelmed. It's totally consumed by it. Will you choose to serve our, our, our crazy, runaway feelings? Or would you choose to serve the all-powerful one who loves you enough to keep you and to help you to manage those fears? Let's go to 1 Peter. Thank you, Jesus. One Peter. One Peter five. One Peter chapter five verse six. One Peter five verse six. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Underline that he may exalt you in due time. He may exalt you in due time. Casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. Okay? Underline that there too. Casting all your care upon him, 
for he cares for you. Okay? Matter of fact, we can continue reading here because it's applicable. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. You may underline or highlight all of that. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us into his eternal uh, glory by Christ Jesus, after that you have suffered a while... Make you perfect, establish strength, and settle you. Okay? So underline all of that. So what we can see there is that it's saying is that to cast your cares upon God. All right? Because the devil walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You see? So if you let the devil just continue just, just seeking you out and getting a hold of you and, 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 and just ripping you apart and whatnot, then you're not doing what God is telling you to do. Cast all your cares upon him. Don't be worrying about and dwelling so much on tomorrow so that you can't think about what needs to do today. Bad thinking is another thing that can hinder you. Fear is like static that blocks your inner faith voice. Fear is like static that blocks your inner faith voice. All we can pick up are the destructive, toxic voices that cast doubt on God's truth and can suck away your joy. You ever try to tune in a TV station? You don't have that problem too much nowadays with cable TV. It's pretty reliable. But I remember the days of old rabbit ear TVs where you had rabbit ears on the thing and you were getting your signals over the air. You know, you had to shift the things and you get all the lines and the crackling noise and things. You'd kick the TV and it wouldn't do much better and everything. Well, that's what static is, you know. Listening to the radio, if you've heard static, then you can't hear what is the real program that's supposed to come through, you know? Well, that's what bad thinking does when you're dwelling on something. That bad thinking blocks and provides static so that you can't hear the crystal clear voice of God, that you can't feel movement of Holy Spirit. Paul gives us a marvelous list that enables us to change channels and focus on positives instead of negatives, okay? And if you go to uh, Philippians 4... Few more, few more scriptures here. Philippians four, and just eight and nine. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Underline that. Think on these things. So in other words, when things start becoming troublesome in your life, think on those things. Think on things. Think on the good things in life, the good things that has happened to you. Think on the things that are pure. Think on the things that are just. Think on the things that are a good report. All of us must can remember something good that happens in our lives, that happens in our lives. You know, there must be at least one or two things you can remember that were really great and fun and wonderful. When those negative thoughts are just bombarding you, think back to those times. Think back to how, think back to how God blessed you before when you were running through difficulty. All of us have had challenges that God brought us through and blessed us. Okay? 
those things which you have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And the God of peace shall be with you. Please in line. And the God of peace will, shall be with you. You see? So if you start replacing your thoughts and think on those things, then the God of peace shall indeed be with you. So that's, to, that's eliminating bad thinking. The last couple of things here, uh, getting down to the to closing here, is, is fretting. It's fretting. And let's go to, uh, let me see, in Philippians Okay, Philippians 4, verse number 10. But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care, your care of me, having flourished again, has, has flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therewith be content. Please underline, whatsoever state I am, therefore be content. I know... I know both how to be abased, I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and, and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ Jesus, which strengthens me. Please underline that. I can do all things through Jesus who strengthens me. Amen. So but the main thing there is where he's talking about to be content. Verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am, therefore to be con- therewith be content. You see, so while we are praying for many things to happen, we need to also be content that where God can give us, where God has us, because things could be worse. Things could be worse. I mean, you, you don't have to look very far to see that. You don't have to look to some third world country to see how things could be worse. You can look right around, not too far in your neighborhood. Look at the homeless. Look at the people who have nowhere to go. Look at people who have no food. Amen. So you, you need to be content and blessed with where you are. God knows where it is he wants you to be. If you're not quite where you are, where God wants you to be, and he's going to get you there because he's the one that's in control. But we don't want to spend our today thinking about what's going to happen tomorrow because God knows that tomorrow is coming. You know, we need to stop fretting. Fretting is our feeble effort to maintain control when you stop and think about it. Fretting is our our feeble effort to maintain control. We think that stressing over a problem enough will somehow change the outcome. You think that if we stress hard enough over a problem, worry about it, that's going to change the outcome of that problem. Fretting is something that I've boiled it down to. Fretting is, you know how to spell the word fret, F-R-E-T. F is a false sense of. R, responsibility for. E is every little. And T is thing. So when you read it all together, fretting is a false sense of responsibility for every little thing. Every little thing, you wind up taking ownership of that instead of giving to God. God says, fret not. So that means stop worrying about it. Okay? And believe me, a lot of things in your life you can do nothing about. Okay? Worrying is a waste of time and energy. We've never been nor ever will be in control. God is. If you go to Luke 12, look to Luke 12, 25 and 26, you'll see that God says that he's in control. We'll go real quickly here. Luke 12. Okay. And, and you, you, know, you know the rest of the scriptures there where it's, uh, 
Whereas God is talking about where you lay up your treasures. But 25 and 26 to say, and which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? If you then be not able to do that thing, which is the least, why take you thought for the rest? You can't change your height. You can't change that. I'd be 6'2". Okay. So why you can't change that? Why worry about anything else? Okay. Why be worrying? Keep worrying about tomorrow. There's never been a problem that God wasn't fully aware aware of and, and is unable to solve. He has already granted you the victory and success overall. There's nothing too big or so broken that God cannot renew it and restore it. You will not only regain what you have lost, but in addition, God will give you much more. I repeat that. You will not only regain what you have lost, but in addition, God will give you much more. So as we seek him more and keep him first in our thoughts, the bad junk begins to fade away as you seek him. So change your focus from fear of tomorrow to the faithfulness of God. And try this. Relive moments of joy. Think about fond memories. Be care- Be thankful for those good things that God has done for you. Your perspective will change. And before you know it, you'll forget about the worries. You'll forget about the fears. You'll forget about the pain of the past. And you, you, you will rejoice in the present and in the future. But you've got to make your mind up today that I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. Because if you keep worrying about tomorrow, you miss all the joys of today. And God has a plan for you. He has a message for you. You know, I, I challenge you when you leave here today and later on when you're by yourselves after you finish enjoying Father's Day and so forth and you're alone at night, give some thought. Give some thought about the things that are on your plate. Or let me put it more, more put it better. Think about all the things that are on God's plate for you. And let him and, and, and let him let him handle it. Let him handle it so that if you don't worry about Monday morning or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, coming down the coming down the pike next week. If you don't worry about that, then you'll be able to hear what God is telling you to do today, today. And matter of fact, it starts today. Purpose in your heart, purpose in your mind that I'm going to start changing the way I think. OK, you know, now you, you, you will find I'll be brutally honest with you that after hearing a message like this. All of a sudden, what's going to go through your mind is every single troublesome thing that you're dealing with. You get home later today, later tonight. Every single troublesome thing that you're dealing with is going to come to mind. And I will challenge you. I will challenge you. I will challenge you to regurgitate, to bring up through your spirit everything that you heard here today. Because the devil's going to try to, 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 to cancel out what you've heard. The devil's going to try to cancel out what you've learned. So now it's time for you to put to practice what it is that you've heard. Walk on it. Walk on it. Carry out what God is telling you to do. And I promise you, if you can just change your thought pattern and get your mind off of those negative things and stop worrying, I guarantee you, the word guarantees you, that you'll see different results in your life. You'll be happier. You'll feel lighter. You'll not be placing worry on something that is, has not even come to pass yet. Because God is the one that's in charge. God is in charge. God's in control. Praise God. Praise God. I hope this message was a blessing to you. And now, before we close, let us prepare to honor God with our tithes and offerings. <laughs>